0: This is Rachel McElroy.
1: Hello, this is Griffin McElroy.
0: And this is wonderful.
1: I'm feeling very peaceful today.
0: Oh, I'm glad. What uh what changed? <laughs>
1: well, I've been chewing echinacea. Oh. Yeah.
0: I what f- does echinacea look like?
1: Uh plant.
0: Uh-huh. And so you just put that plant in your mouth?
1: Found some wild echinacea in the yard. <laughs> While I was doing my gardening,
0: mm-hmm.
1: dug it up or perhaps snipped it off the tree that it grows off of. <laughs> popped it in my popped it in my gob. Ooh, <laughs> uh-huh. That's the sound of the echinacea. Yeah, okay. And it's giving me lots of calmness.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Centeredness. Centeredness.
0: Uh-huh. You're on my level now.
1: I'm you, and you are always so calm and centered. Uh-huh. That's yeah. the two words I would use to describe you all the time. Uh-huh. And now, wait a are minute, you, are you being sarcastic? Are you being sarcastic? <laughs> and also, are you on the echinacea and have been since as long as I've known you?
0: Um, No, this is just who I am.
1: Okay.
0: This is my level just all the time. Sans echinacea. If I took echinacea...
1: You would be dead. (laughs) Your heart would stop. You would still be living and walking, but your heart Uh would be at like two BPMs. Yeah. Isn't it wild that we measure... Our heart rate and the tempo of songs beats with per the minute. same measurement.: That's beautiful, isn't? That it's is beautiful?: It's like our bodies are always making music, and these are the kinds of observations that I can make <laughs> yeah. now that I'm on the echinacea I found in our yard. Yeah. It could have also just been some roots of a plant or a bush mm-hmm. that I would looked at and I was like, "I don't I, that seems like echinacea to me. chewed yeah. it up. And it gave me calmness, so here's, that's what it is. Could it have been toxic? Some sort of toxic plant that I'm, I have been poisoned yeah, by? I'm yeah, I'm worried about
0: that a little bit, I think. For
1: sure, for sure. But all I know is I love you, I love our family, <laughs> uh-uh. and I love this show. Yeah. And I'm excited to do it with you. I think I am deeply addicted to echinacea. <laughs> do you have any small owners?
0: Oh, you gave me so much time. I did. And I was sitting there, yes. I mean, obviously listening to you intently. Yes. Uh, but also trying to come up with something to say yes. right now. Yes.
1: Mm. Mm.
0: Mm. <laughs> Why don't you go first? <laughs> Why don't I go
1: first? <laughs> This is
0: nice. This is nice for the listener because they think we're probably like generally positive upbeat people that don't have any trouble thinking of positive upbeat things. But hey, turns out. Well, this is a muscle. We've been. It is. It's
1: a big muscle. And we've been doing this show for three or four years now. (laughs) So it's a question of like, I could I could say just jelly beans. (laughs) But you know this. They know this already.
0: Yeah, they know jelly beans.
1: Uh, Have we talked about Gushers?
0: Probably. I got Gushers
1: from a grocery store and I brought them home and I was like, what are these like?
0: It was actually more like you had to break off a piece of the brick of Gushers. The
1: Gushers (laughs) fused together, but we like that about Gushers. We love the gooey mess they make. (laughs) So there it is, Gushers. Uh happy now, America? Uh, I came up with my small wonder. Good. In your rant. Good.
0: (laughs) Um, Let me say the vacuum.
1: The vacuum. Mm -hmm. We got a good one.
0: Yeah, uh... It we've listen- done
1: dustbusters. This is big vi- this is not dustbusters. <laughs> no. This is tall vacuums.
0: Everybody stop writing that complaint Please. email. We know we we've know. done dustbuster. Uh I am surprised continually how when you vacuum a carpet all of a sudden it's like, "Oh Clean? look, look at this room. Look yeah. at this room now. Look at this house I just moved into yesterday." Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we've been having to do that a lot because we are finally that bathroom. Finally, getting our house fixed yeah. from when it froze in February.
0: Yeah, when you make a bathroom, you yeah. need a lot of different people in the village. Oh, it's uh, like a pizza
1: pie, isn't it? The bathroom.
0: <laughs> and so we've had a bunch of different people coming through, and everybody kind of has a different policy on uh, what they, yeah, what they will and, and won't track through your house. And
1: it's they're doing hard work; they're working their butts off. Yeah. We're not ones to complain. Luckily, we have vacuum.
0: Uh in order to get to our bathroom, you have to go through our bedroom. Yes. And that is where we sleep and where our baby sleeps. Yeah. And it's very important to us to keep that clean. Yeah. Uh and so it's our temple. We've been doing a lot of vacuuming and and it just works. It, it just, just works. It
1: just works, folks. <laughs> um, hey, you go first this week. Can you believe it?
0: Yes. <laughs> uh my first thing is field
1: trips oh my god this is a good one. Mm-hmm. what is the best field trip you ever went on or the <sighs> most memorable one at least
0: i was thinking about this and it's kind of a toss-up because when i think of field trips uh, two things come to mind first i think when i was in first grade we went to the hostess factory what are you kidding <laughs> that's the best field trip is that in st Louis? I mean, we went to, yes, yes. I don't know if there are multiples. I don't know. I didn't do any research on Hostess to answer this question, but I know that we went to a place where snowballs were made.
1: That's sick. That's so awesome.
0: I remember that being really cool. Although at the time, we were operating under the false uh, notion that I was allergic to chocolate, so that was kind of a challenge.
1: Bummer. You still twinkie it up, right? Yeah,
0: I could could twinkie the hell out of that field trip. Yeah. Uh, And then – and I can't remember what grade this is. This speaks to the power of field trips because I cannot remember when this happened. But there was a period when we were doing weekly field trips to the art museum. Weekly? Weekly? Yeah. Were they it was, getting a
1: lot of new art every week?
0: No, it was part of this like uh, educational series they did where your school could sign up and they had a curriculum and you would go and go to different wings of the museum and study different time periods and make little artist representations of the things. And I don't remember when I did it, yeah, but I remember it being really cool of like, oh, we're going again. That and sounds like, cool. I'm going to get to make something.
1: Once we got to go to the Huntington Tri-State Airport and go up in the air control tower, can you imagine? Whoa. Can you this? Uh, yeah, and this would have been like 1995 or something like <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> before, mm, let's say they got. A little bit more strict yeah. about airport stuff in the wake yeah. of a certain event. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was sick. It felt like I was, I, I, the entire time I felt like I should not be here. There are probably buttons in this room <laughs> that I could bump up against and really make a mess of yeah. things. Yeah. They do not do that anymore. I no. guarantee it.
0: I'm sure they're, yeah. I'm sure there Frickin was a-
1: 25, you know, first graders just like running around this- <laughs> Room where people <laughs> press buttons to make sure planes don't run into each other. Holy shit. I'm
0: sure there was like a last class that didn't know they were the last class to yeah. get that
1: privilege. Yeah.
0: Also, I will say, and this says a lot, that this wasn't my first uh, field trip, but uh, we also went to Six Flags. Mm. It was senior year, and it was like physics day at Six oh, Flags. Get, oh, come
1: on. Okay.
0: <laughs> and so our physics teacher gave us this worksheet that we were supposed to complete. Nobody did it, I bet. I think we all did, but then like he didn't even collect it. You know, it was yeah. like one of those things of like, here you go. If you have to figure out the velocity and we were like, okay. And we just came up with some stuff. And then I feel like you didn't even turn it in. Like it didn't even get graded. It was just God, like, we all know so why we're good. here. God, that's good. <laughs> um, Yeah. I I couldn't find a lot of like when the first field trip was, obviously. Because, right. Because like, you know, who who would – who would categorize like, we went to my uncle's farm, right? fed the pigs. Uh, but I did find a lot about the educational value of field trips. Oh, for
1: sure. I bet there's a lot on that.
0: I will say, and so the article I found is old. It's from 2013. Yeah. Which doesn't feel like that old to me, but I know is...
1: Almost objectively
0: I'd old. Say like eight years old yeah. <laughs> um, but the article was from a, a journal called education next. And it said that at one time, the field museum in Chicago was welcoming more than 300,000 students each year. Uh, and that number has dropped by a hundred thousand oh, as bummer. of this article. Um, also the Cincinnati arts organization saw a 30% decrease in student attendance uh, between 2002 and 2007. Uh, more than half of schools that took this American Association of School Administrators survey uh, had eliminated planned field trips in 2010 and 2011. Is that
1: that a, like... Some of it's budget. Yeah, some of it's like no child left behind and stuff, Yeah, some of it is teaching you the
0: tests. Like, their whole focus is improving test scores. That sucks shit. And so they don't have time for
1: field trips. Okay. Uh,
0: Which is real sad. It
1: is extremely sad. I can't remember a lot of things from school. I remember most of the field trips I went on, I know which is saying something. Did
0: you guys ever like go outside of the city?
1: Did we ever go outside of the city? Because the big
0: thing with field trips is like going to like museums and zoos and stuff. And I know Huntington is not.
1: No, but we would go to factories. We went to the Heiner's Bread Factory. We went to, um, there is a series of locks and dams on the Ohio River that we got to like go inside of and like see all the machinery inside of that. I remember that very well um yeah I, I i remember just i remember a lot of stuff one day we just went to the rose garden at Ritter park and just like walked around and talked about all the different flowers yeah. that were there it was super cool
0: no and that's a cool reminder too because like when i think of field trips i, I do tend to think of like museums and historic sites but like you can just Look turn around you. you can turn a lot of stuff into a field trip sure uh so there was a big study done. There is a museum in Arkansas called Crystal Bridges Museum of American Art and it just opened in 2011. Okay. And so that gave uh these researchers an opportunity to like really get in there at the ground floor and like study the impact it was having on people. Uh it is the first major art museum to be built in the United States in the last 4 decades. What? Uh yeah, I mean if you think about it like most art museums have been around for a long time. I guess so. Nobody's yeah. out there like building a new art museum necessarily. And nobody's
1: like, making new art.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a shame. All the
1: art got made already. I was just <laughs> a question: of How many Indiana's Joneses we can get out there <laughs> and find it all inside the mummy's crypt? really appreciate how you pluralize
0: that. Thanks. Uh, so this is a this is a big old art museum. I'm not super familiar with it, but apparently it has more than fifty thousand square feet of gallery space and an endowment in excess of eight hundred million dollars. <laughs> Uh, so they administered over 10,000 uh, surveys to students uh, and 489 teachers at 123 different schools to kind of look and see the impact that – This the, incredible
1: museum had yeah, on their so students. Yeah, so students would
0: literally – they'd get an hour tour of the museum and they'd discuss about five paintings uh, and then they would follow up with them and find out what, kind of what the impact was. And a lot of students – like we're talking between like seventy and eighty percent of students could remember like stuff about the paintings they saw when they followed up with them later, um, and these are like not super like obviously one of them was like Rosie the Riveter like yeah you yeah can maybe sure. remember that. Um, But then there was also uh, an Eastman Johnson painting called At the Camp, Spinning Yarns and Whittling, which I've never heard of.
1: No. Fun Um, name, though. Sounds like a Sufjan Stevens But
0: weeks later, students were followed up with about that painting, and and they said, oh, yeah, that's the painting that depicts people making makeable syrup.
1: Makeable syrup? Maple syrup. Oh. You're talking about syrup that can be made. (laughs) Makeable syrup. That's amazing. Yeah,
0: um, there's also, there's also a lot of research to talk about how it increases critical thinking, Mm. uh, because when you, when you study art or, you know, any kind of sculpture or painting or whatever, you know, you're, you're learning about like what your impression is and also what the artist's intention was and what historical influences there were. I mean, it teaches you to look at something and to think about all the different components of it. And so, uh. It improved critical thinking. Historical empathy was another thing they studied.
1: Yeah. Of of
0: looking at how early Americans thought and felt and imagining what life was like for those people, uh, which, you know, you can do a lot of when you study historical art.
1: Yeah, sure. Like reading that out of a history book, you don't, it's not easy to connect the dots, especially based on where you live and what the curriculum is of like, yeah. oh, those were real people as real as I am yeah. <laughs> living in a different time with like a completely different set of challenges Yeah, and, and I shit. think,
0: you know, that that is really the power of a field trip. You know, it's very easy when you sit in the classroom all day long with a textbook and every class is just sitting and textbook and sitting and textbook. To like go somewhere, it kind of like jumpstarts your brain of like, yeah. oh, this is different. I should pay attention. <laughs> I think the reason
1: I remember my field trips so well is because they, how how they contextualize all of the stuff that I was learning in the in a, in a classroom. And without that contextualization, like it would just, I would my eyes would glaze over eventually and not yeah. sort of absorb the information. Yeah.
0: Yeah, when I was in eighth grade, we had this opportunity. And of course, this required an additional investment. So not everybody did this. But we got to go to Washington DC for like what two or three days It was like a standard eighth grade opportunity. And Jesus. your parents had to like go to a meeting and pay this money for your flight and your lodging. And then they had like two buses that would like drive around these kids. And I got to go on that and it was very Ah, cool. I never
1: got to do anything like that. That sounds awesome.
0: We also went to Jefferson City, which is the state capital of Missouri. And I remember this very specifically because one of my (laughs) classmates in third grade uh, dropped an ice cube down the rotunda and got in a lot of trouble. (laughs) Oh, no,
1: you're not supposed to do that. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Somehow we all knew about it. I mean, this was one of those kids that like always got in trouble. Yeah. So it's always like, what's he going to do this time? And that that was the thing he did. Well, I mean, <laughs> if
1: it's the kid that always gets in trouble, and all they did was drop an ice cube down the rotunda, that's true. It could have been worse. Could have been way worse. Yeah.
0: Um. And I will just say the other thing is that you know, of course, it like it increases a student's interest in places like museums. Yeah. You know, like when we are looking for things to do with our son. We are always thinking about like super fun things we know he'll be interested in, right? And and I understand why a lot of families could get in the routine of like, uh, I um, if I'm going to spend money, if I'm going to spend time, if I'm going to drive, I don't know that I necessarily want to take my kid to a place that they are potentially going to hate. Yeah, <laughs> but like a school field trip is like, a, hey, this is what an art museum is like, and maybe your kid comes home and is like, wow, yeah. this this is not boring. I thought no, it would be. For sure. <laughs> Uh, and so, yeah, so I, I don't know if this is a thing like among kids today, like if, if I were to sit down with a fifth grader and ask them like, tell me about the field trips and if they would be like what's a field trip? Like, I don't know if this is really going out of fashion. I mean, I imagine this past year.
1: Yeah. It certainly (laughs) went out of fashion. It definitely
0: did. Um, But I hope, I hope it continues. Yeah.
1: There's, I talked about this, I think early, early, early in this podcast, when I talked about VR, like the potential for that as like a virtual field trip opportunity where you can like, Hey, now we're back in dinosaur times. Check out that Brachiosaurus. Touch Uh him, smell him, feel him, love him. (laughs) Like the, the potential. <laughs> Don't kiss him, though. Don't kiss him. Come on, Jeremy. Bad kid <laughs> that always does one bad thing. <laughs> always kissing the brontosaurus. Hey, can I steal you away? Yes. Thanks. <laughs> it can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design or website functionality. And you think that I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks.
0: Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghostwriter, would I be able to do that?
1: Well, first of all, it would be
0: to get 50%
1: off. Got a couple jumpy jobs here. Can I do the Uh, first? I'm
0: always excited to hear what what word you say. First
1: one here is sent in uh, from Red, Aaron, and it's for Starman Seth, who says, hey there, happy birthday, bud. Thank you for always being there for me and inspiring me to keep my heart open to the world. You're part of the reason I smile every day and the world is so much brighter with you in it. You are my everyday big wonder Take on the world, Starman.
0: See, this is why we do Jumbotrons.
1: This is it. This is
0: it right here. Just people sharing their enthusiasm for other people.
1: People <laughs> loving people. Yes. And that's what it's all about. It is. And if we did that a little more,
0: <laughs> Oh, no. Would we even be here, be in this mess? You know, we sound very altruistic right now, but we do get paid. <laughs> we get that. <laughs>
1: hey you want to read this next one yes
0: uh this is for scoots it is from boots love it already (laughs) hey scoots i just wanted to have our favorite small wonders wish you a happy birthday and tell you how ultra badass you are in these last eight years you've made me a dog person a wine bar owner and a splendor champ wink wink
1: what is, what? okay, finish, sorry.
0: <laughs> you are the snug champ of the world and I love you all the loves and stuff. Thank you for letting me be your person. Happy birthday.
1: That's, uh, you have an awesome life. Let me just say, <laughs> you know what kind of, I wish I had a wine bar and also was good at Splendor. Mm-hmm. Splendor is a dope. We've yeah, the
0: wink Splendor. though, What is the wink
1: What does that mean? mean? Maybe they cheat. They've always got some gemstones up their sleeves Ooh. before they even start. I'm, and you gotta keep an eye on that. What are we teaching our young <laughs> people? I don't know.
0: You're very principled today. I really am. Schmanners. Noun. Definition. Rules of etiquette designed not to judge others, but rather to guide ourselves through everyday
1: social situations. Hello, Internet. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. Every week on Schmanners, we take a look at a topic that has to do with society or manners. We talk about the history of it. We take a look at how it applies to everyday life. And we take some of your questions. And sometimes we do a biography about a really cool person that had an impact on how we view etiquette. So join us every Friday and listen to Schmanners on MaximumFun.org or wherever podcasts are found
0: manners manners
1: get it can i do my thing yes please my thing is the mole talking about the mole <laughs> baby i'm so glad i'm glad too rachel makes fun of me a I lot do. because <laughs> i am convinced that everyone's got mole fever right now the
0: mole is on netflix it's on netflix you and should watch it and we have been watching it, yes. and I have been enjoying it, no for spo- sure. No
1: spoilies.
0: For sure. Griffin, I feel like, really overestimates the cultural significance of it's this show. It's a zeitgeist. Because he's like, man, maybe now that everybody's watching it again, you know, like, we'll we'll see a, a reemergence of, and I'm like, well, do you think everybody's watching
1: There's it? There's never been a better time to catch Mole Fever, except maybe in the early aughts when the show originally I
0: am excited, because I did watch time. the first season. Yes, uh, there was a second season I've never seen. So I'm excited to dip into that, but we are still on the first season right yes. now.
1: Yes, so compared to, you know, the big dogs, your amazing races, your survivors, your uh, big brothers, which we, we do not watch the latter. No. Uh, the Mole was very short-lived. It had two sort of regular seasons, the second of which had a subtitle, which I can't remember. It was like, <laughs> The Next Betrayal. <laughs> the Mole, The Next Betrayal. And then there were two seasons of Celebrity Mole, uh, I believe hosted by Ahmad Rashad, and then there was a fifth season that just like oh. came back, and I don't remember anything. None of about that is that. on Netflix. Uh, the, yeah, uh, it's not. The, only the first two seasons are on Netflix, so like it didn't it didn't go very long. Uh, season one aired two thousand one, and then it yeah got a few. I seasons imagine it was that. it was a pretty expensive show. I don't believe that that was true.
0: I mean, not compared to... Um, well, here's the thing. Like, obviously, yeah, Amazing Race similar, right? Yeah. You're traveling, you're going to historic sites, you're doing tasks. But, but the Mole, like, has all of these, like, additional players that, like, are, are trying to attack the team and all those people got to get money unless maybe they were production crew people like the probably just like a, Yeah. Also a, had to hold a paintball a key, gun. A key
1: grip with a <laughs> uh, sniper paintball rifle. Okay. Anyway there we got to remember there's people listening to this who don't know anything oh, okay about sorry. The mole is mm-hmm. and explaining the premise of the mole I feel like doesn't really capture what I adore about this show but basically not a dermatological show no it is a, a you got contestants like 10 I think one season had like 13 a group of contestants around a dozen Uh, Every episode, they collaborate to try to complete a couple of these missions. And if they can do that, if they complete the missions together as a team, they add money to the prize pool that one player will win at the end of the game. The whole time, though, there's the mole. One of them is secretly the mole. And the mole is an operative working for the ABC Corporation. (laughs) And possibly Anderson Cooper. He possibly works... They possibly answer to Anderson Cooper, who hosts the first two seasons. Uh, And they sabotage those missions as best they can, as secretly as they can. Uh, Uh And at the end of every episode, everybody takes a 20-question quiz about the identity of the mole. And it's super granular stuff. Like, what did the mole wear for lunch on Tuesday? Uh, what has the mole had their heart broken before? Like, how tall is the mole? How tall is like, the mole? Like stuff that
0: you like couldn't just intuit.
1: <laughs> yes, and whoever scores the lowest on the quiz gets booted out. Gets yeah. sorry, they call it executed. Executed. Which, if they did start doing the mole again, I have to think that they would soften some of the language because <laughs> I don't think you can say you've been. Execute. and
0: what i will say and this is very much of the time period is that anderson cooper sits in front of a computer and very slowly types in the letters of somebody's name and if they are executed the screen turns red
1: (laughs) yeah it's very like uh (laughs) late 90s hacker ui style shit anderson i'm going to take a brief sidebar to say anderson cooper is all time on this fucking show yes it's as if the director came to anderson cooper and was like okay you are the coolest human being that's ever lived and you need to assert that energy in every breath that you breathe every word that you say every look that you give these contestants also like the it,
0: what typically exists in a reality program is a lot of separation between the host and the contestants yeah in the mall he like has dinner with them every night he Every like, night. He is always with them and he like socializes with them. And when a contestant has to leave and he says farewell, it seems very sincere.
1: Yes, but he always still has this air of I'm smarter than you are and cooler than you are. Yeah. And that's my energy that I have to give off as the host of The Mole. Okay, so anyway, that's the premise of the show. The biggest thing, and it's something that not a lot of reality shows can boast, is Is that it's interactive for the viewer because this whole time you're watching these challenges and, you know, seeing, oh, I wonder if they're gonna succeed or not. But also, you're watching the whole show like a hawk looking for. These signs of sabotage and trying to figure out the whole time who who the mole is, which fortunately it's been long enough that I know I watched this first season when it first aired. I do not recall yeah, I know who
0: it is. I don't totally trust that because I, I have an instinct as to who it is, yeah, but I'm not sure if this is just some like subconscious memory from the first time I watched it. yeah, uh but yeah, no and and the thing is like given the nature of the travel and the various expertises of the contestants. Like, people make mistakes. That's right, yeah. And so, you're watching it, and you're thinking, was that mistake intentional because they're the mole, or was that mistake just incompetence? Genuine, <laughs> yeah. Or was, it,
1: or was it intentional to or, make everybody yeah. else think you're the mole so they will the fail thing. the test?
0: Yeah, there is a benefit in getting people to think you're the mole, uh, because then they will do poorly on the final quiz and get eliminated. Exactly.
1: And from a game design perspective, the missions themselves are brilliant in how they incorporate dozens of little points of failure throughout the whole thing they are convoluted and they take place in typically in foreign countries where virtually nobody competing speaks the language right and then it's like okay you have five hours to get to this library and once you're there you're gonna look inside of these books and find these maps and then maps will have tickets and then you have to take the tickets to these specific spots in the city it's like there's a lot of places where the mole could sabotage that but there's also a lot of places where just like you make one mistake and then the team doesn't get the money because you pass or fail as as a unit as a team. yeah yeah it's really brilliant it's really really smart it taps into that um that like werewolf mafia among us energy that is like big right now so in a lot of ways the mole was was well ahead of its time (laughs) um but a- apart from just the game design, the whole aesthetic of the show is so fucking unapologetically cornballed to the max. Yeah, like it's like it was made by somebody who saw Mission Impossible in yeah. theaters fifty-five times and was like, "I'm gonna do a show on that."
0: Yeah. Every episode opens with Anderson Cooper in like all black and a black leather jacket, and he's standing in front of like standing a, like
1: Death Valley, like somewhere. a cliff or yeah. something, and
0: he's like. Catching you up on all of the intrigue that has yeah. happened so far. In the
1: previous episode, Jennifer <laughs> was viciously executed by the mole. Now our teams must go. To, um, it's just, it's just so good. There's also a feeling of weirdly, and this is just a uh, artifact of its time. Watching it now, like it feels weirdly underproduced compared to reality shows that are yeah. made now. Like it feels. unpolished in a way Mm -hmm. like the people on it are not necessarily reality show personalities as they are kind of uh, trained and 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 bred these days
0: and there's also like there is conflict that occurs between the contestants but it is not played up in a way as to suggest like we know this is good television like these yeah. two hate each other Let's well, let's keep putting them in situations the
1: dark cloud looming over season one there's a dude on the season yeah. who's like an old retired detective named charlie who sucks the moon out of the sky yeah, and is like a genuinely awful. misogynistic yeah. like piece of shit that like i don't know i would hope 20 years later that uh you know they've gotten a little bit better about weeding out terrible agents like that uh from from the casting process but
0: although uh, we know from our our forays into reality television that's, that's not so. always true <laughs> yeah no his is
1: his is, it's it is uh it's uncomfortable to watch at times it is i genuinely wish he was not on the show because yeah uh, it is a it's a it's a nice experience for me watching them all it's nice and nostalgic and having this dude on there who's like this this broad over here like is uh that's
0: like early survivor too right that's yeah i guess so yeah there's there's a no perfect show
1: (laughs) no certainly not um but the the mole man it's just it was too beautiful for this world but there are rumors circulating that a new season of the mole is being shot right now in australia uh, it's just a rumor that there were like casting notices for some show and they didn't call it The Mole, but it sounded a whole lot like yeah. The Mole. I mean, it did. would
0: explain kind of why it's on Netflix right now and why now. it's having
1: its moment. It's a cultural zeitgeist. <laughs> I think it's great. I love reality competition shows. And I forgot when we started watching the mole. it is it is so rough. The first episode or two that I'm like, am I just like nostalgic for this? Yeah. In the same way that I'm in? But then like a few episodes in and you see how like complex the like how well they have um, pursued the whole concept of the show of trying to determine who a saboteur is and putting them through this like you know gauntlet of tests where they can gain information like it's really smart it's really a brilliant it's
0: very watchable it goes very quickly too because the tasks they give them that is one problem kind of with the amazing race is sometimes they will give them tasks that are intentionally tedious yes and physically challenging and and as a watcher you're like oh god i can't watch this person try and climb up this hill one more time i know uh the mole isn't really that way the mole is very like mission impossible like we need you to go get this file from this agent in this town it's not like we we want to see you like shoot yourself
1: in the face over and over again yeah that's true (laughs) Um, hey, thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Bowen and Augustus for these for our theme song, Money Won't Pay. You can find a link to that in the episode description. And uh, thank you to Maximum Fun for having us on the network. They got so many good shows that you should go listen to and check them out and listen to them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Tights and Fights. Tights and Fights. Have a good time with the folks over at Tights
1: and Fights. Have a good time with them. Um, hey, our new graphic novel, uh, The Adventures in Crystal Kingdom, comes out extremely soon. Yeah. And we have an event coming up where we're going to do like a, a virtual... Uh, reading of it. It's on July 13th. We're going to have special guests. You can uh, find out more at bit.ly slash TazGNLive2021 for more info. Uh, We're going to have partner bookstores who are going to be selling books with the signed book plates in them. Um, And also there's a pre-order gift you can get and it's a lenticular laptop sticker of Kravitz, a beloved character from Crystal Kingdom. Uh, and you can find out more about that at bit.ly/slash Taz4 pre-order. And uh, we got a bunch of merch over at Macroy Merch: uh, a bunch of good stuff. There's a new uh, Besties shirt. You can show your Besties yeah. love, finally. There's a. A stoneware mug with the Adventure Zone logo on it. There's a lot of good stuff over there. I'll, there's that uh,
0: pin of you asking for a sword. There's
1: a pin of me asking for a sword. There's a, uh, we have a pin of the month that we do every month. This, yeah. this month it's for the Gushy Wolves from our new Arc Taz Ethersea, and sales of that benefit uh, the Innocence Project, which exonerates the wrongly convicted through DNA testing and reforms the criminal justice system to prevent future injustice. Really great cause. Uh, yeah, there's a and lot of And also
0: uh, Ethersea. Oh, yeah. If y'all haven't checked out Ether C, it's really great. Yeah,
1: we did a whole uh, prequel thing that was five episodes that was a lot of fun. If you don't want to listen to that, I did a yeah. short sort of summary thing that you can listen to. Because guess what? I think the day this airs, the first episode proper of the season of us playing D&D and stuff starts tomorrow. Yeah. So, good time to get on board Yes. With that. Thank you all for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Hey. Oh, I'm so psyched now. The echinacea has completely (laughs) run its course. And you know how sweaty I've been over here this whole episode? Uh I think that's my body trying to push out the toxins of the echinacea.
0: Or it could be the 80 degree temperature.
1: It could also be that it's a billion bajillion degrees in here. Yeah. Yeah. Griffin has uh,
0: uh, a whole command center in here. This uh, emits a lot of heat. It's not my gaming rig, baby.
1: (laughs) It's this. Body. <laughs> <laughs>